Hello, good evening. Good afternoon. Good brunch. <laughs> good brunch, everybody. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And this is Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome back. Sarah, your energy's a little low. Welcome back. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was wiped out. <laughs> yeah, man, wiped oh man. <sighs> I feel like it's been a long weekend. It's been somehow not nearly long enough, though, as always. It never is. It never is. So, you know, I was just on vacation last week, Mm -hmm. and I literally was not planning to do anything. I just wanted to, you know, stay at my parents' house and swim all week, and that's exactly what I did. And we had really great weather, which was awesome. That is awesome. I wanted to take a 10-day vacation because the last time we went, two of the seven days are spent traveling. Right. And so then you're left with like only five days and it just doesn't feel that long. So this time I was committed to booking a 10-day trip. Well, then my daughter's gymnastics meet was the weekend after. And so I actually had to come home earlier than expected. So I, again, only got five days of like actual (laughs) vacation time, which I know five days is five days, but like, I just wanted more. No, I understand. And especially because there's a difference between like, let me squeeze in a vacation between some days off and make something Mm -hmm. happen. And I'm intentionally taking time off to have a rejuvenating vacation right exactly and i've learned i have to have a buffer day at the end yeah i don't do well when i've had rejuvenating or not balls to the walls or not if i am like especially if i'm out of the country but if you like come back and immediately have to go to work i've done it where you have to go to work that night you know you fly back from florida in the morning and then go to work you know back when i was 23 and had boundless energy but It's like, you know, people always say, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation. But you kind of do need time to, like, decompress a little after being gone. 100%. Well, I'm glad that you had good weather. That's good. We did. Apparently, so we left on Friday and my mom called and was like, it's pouring down rain here. And it's like, today's the first day it's been sunny since we left. Oh, geez. (laughs) I'm like, well, we left at a good time. We've had a fun combo of freezing rain and sleet. For the past few days, oh which has turned our little street into an ice rink. When you don't have to be anywhere, I love that. Well, no, I mean, snow where you can like look at it and it's pretty. I like that. But ice, it doesn't look like anything. It just looks wet. Not when you get like the big ice storms and it like covers all the trees. No, and it's, it's like, not like that. Well, glass. also my street okay. doesn't have any trees since in the city. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it just means we can't go anywhere. So we can't walk the dog. We can't go get groceries. So like we're kind of trapped in the house with this crazy dog. Mm-hmm. Who is very unhappy that he can't be walked. <laughs> but it has been fun watching people go by trying to keep their balance. Oh my gosh. It's been uh, an adventure. Yeah, I remember we used to do that in college. Like when there was a big like ice storm, you just sit at your window and watch everybody walk into class just <laughs> wiping out. <laughs> I know it's not nice and I have fallen on the ice and it's scary and it hurts and all the things. But oh my God, it's so fucking funny. It's it never so funny. stops being funny. <laughs> Like, I can watch videos of cars sliding into one another on the ice for hours. I just think it's hysterical. Well, especially if you know the outcome is that, like, nobody's seriously yeah, everyone's hurt, okay. you know? Yeah. Like, and once you know everybody's okay, it's hilarious. Anyway, what's been going on with you? My sister and I have started watching ER from the very, very beginning. So, like, 1994 Ooh. George Clooney ER. Wait, who's the other guy in that? The other really hot one. Um, I don't know his real name. I know his name on the show. People are screaming at us right now. I know. Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley. Wiley. Yeah. I never watched ER when it was first on. And I'll be honest with you. I was three years old when ER 
aired. Mm -hmm. So I was not participating in things like ER at the time. But I remember when George Clooney and Noah Wiley came onto Friends, they had a cameo. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Of course. So I remember being like, what's George Clooney doing here? What does he have to do with this? My mom was like, oh, well, they play doctors on this other show. (laughs) So I thought it was kind of interesting. I actually have found it to be... Now, it's obviously dramatic and crazy, but I found it to be a more realistic medical show than some of the others that I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I never watched... Like, I was keenly aware of ER when it came out, but I never watched it because it was on like, I feel like it was on like nine at, or 10 at night. And I'm I went sure to bed it was like yeah. around that time. So my, so my sisters liked it for a long time, but she said our dad wouldn't watch it with her because he was like, I don't need to watch more of this. I literally live this every day. Like I'm not interested. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I found it. I mean, people, I would love to hear what people think if they've seen, like, I think it's more realistic than Grey's Anatomy, that's for sure, where there are no nurses in the entire show. (laughs) And then you have, like, Nurse Jackie on the flip side where, like, the nurses literally do everything and there's, like, no doctor. And then the doctor will show up and the nurse will be like, well, I ran this code. Right. (laughs) That happens a little bit on ER sometimes, too, because, like, the main nurse, Carol, she'll sometimes just hop in there and start doing stuff and I'm like, hmm. I think this is out of your scope of practice, but (laughs) what do I know? But um, one of the things we were laughing about was there was some scene between doctors and it was a surgeon and he was mad about something that happened. And he just screamed at the top of his lungs at this resident. And I know that things like that happen in real life. I know that surgeons in particular, because my dad was a CRNA, he's like, they they do that kind of shit all the time. And it got me thinking like, man, if you were an all powerful physician that basically couldn't be touched. And as we know, think about all the doctors that we've complained about or that one doctor in particular that you work with who like, yeah, can't even give you the name and date of birth of a patient. If you were never going to suffer any consequences for how you act, wouldn't you just, I get why they act like monsters. Like they just say and do whatever they want because they can. Yeah. And I was like, man, if I was an all powerful doctor, I would just scream at people all day long too and just say whatever I wanted. No, you would not. (laughs) You might say whatever you want. I don't think you have the capability to remove your filter that much. No, probably not. Because I'm not an all-powerful doctor. I'm a nurse that can't just say whatever I want. But And so it's so ingrained in you. It's to so like ingrained in filter. me. I also yeah. don't... F- when I hurt people's feelings, it does not make me feel good. And I know that's a stupid yeah. thing to say because I'm sure a lot of people no. feel that way. But I, I hate it. So I've, if I hurt someone's feelings, I feel like that would just really be, <laughs> really be hard. Yeah. But I think that I would, there's a lot of things that I think in my head that I would feel more comfortable saying and being rude. Yeah. Well, and just at least maybe not with the intent to be rude, but to just be like, you know what? I'm sick of holding back. Like, yeah, like cut the bullshit. This is yeah. what you need to know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I get myself in trouble all the time. But I also like to be a part of a team and having a good team relationship. Yeah. And when you're like on the lower echelon of a team, you don't have the freedom to be like, can we just be honest that this is about your ego and then we can move on? We'll still do it. But can we just be honest about what the, what it is? I wonder if there is such a team like that where like you have a nurse who maybe has developed such a good relationship with a doctor because they've worked together for so long or whatever that they literally will just be like, look, Dr. So-and-so, can we just acknowledge the fact this is just about your ego, whatever, we'll do what you want to do, but just please acknowledge that. I'm sure there are. I think about, you know how a lot of doctors in, in clinics and stuff, they have like their nurse who is yeah. works with them. You gotta think that they develop that kind of relationship. Yeah. Well, I know, like, in the ER, we have a much different relationship with the physicians, for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Now, there are certainly some doctors that you're just, like tiptoeing around or you know whatever but for the most part the er doc nurse relationship is very laid back i mean almost to a fault sometimes because like i'll walk in and i'll just be like shut up you don't even know what you're talking about yeah (laughs) you know i mean just stop i can't even with you i think you know is it mostly residents or do you talk that way to the attendings too i mean to certain attendings i just have that relationship yeah i would say the attendings that i have that relationship with i know knew when they were residents. Yes, for sure. For sure. So it's kind of like you knew them when they were, you know, more your peer. Yeah. 
and they've moved up the ranks, but like you're like, I still remember when you were an intern. Yeah, and when you were just a baby, and I corrected all your orders. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's funny because like I, of course, like anyone, you know, I, you, it's not fun to watch an old seasoned battle X nurse, you know, phone it in, and and we talk about we talk about that all the time, right? About you know effort. Mm-hmm. And things like that and not being negotiable to new techniques and new policies yeah. and whatever, so, you know, electronic charting, et cetera, et cetera. But, <laughs> oh, the infamous electronic the charting. infamous electronic <laughs> charting. But I also see as I, and I'm still by many standards, a, a newer nurse, you know, not brand new, but mm-hmm. not, I have less than 10 years experience. I'm coming up to it, but not quite 10. Mm-hmm. How comfortable you become in your practice and the confidence that comes yeah. with that. And it impacts For the sure. way that you relate to these doctors. I'm not afraid of a resident hating me. It doesn't bother me. Right. It used to really scare me. Exactly. And now I'm like, they can hate me. That's fine. I'm just protecting the patient. It has. N- I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what they think about it. They're inconvenienced. That's why they don't like me. Right. And I don't care that they're inconvenienced. They have a job to do just like I do. You know, and that's interesting because we've talked so many times about the difference. Of, I'm just going to pick on this because it's the one that we've picked on all the time, which is nurses going to MP school too soon. Sure. And... I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, that is a huge difference between having experience and not having experience. Like Mm -hmm. you and I would never, we wouldn't hesitate to escalate to the chief of the hospital if we had to. Sure. Do you know? I mean, we just would. Like that's what we would do because if, because we know we're competent and confident enough in our skill set because we've been doing it so long that we know when a real issue exists. Whereas when you're newer, you just, you, you're like, ah, I mean, something's not right. I don't know. I'm not really sure what to do. And you just don't have the confidence. And to, even like, when people are telling doing. you, ultimately, you know, it's your own name. So your, your senior yeah. nurse who you trust could be like, mm. yes, you need to do this. But ultimately, mm. when it's your patient or, or whatever the situation is, it doesn't matter that a bunch of the older, more experienced nurses agreed with you. You're the one that escalated it or has to escalate right. it. It's a lot of pressure. I get why people are scared yeah. to do it. But as long as we have the hierarchy of medicine preventing people from speaking the truth, patients are going to suffer. Yeah. Well, we'll just keep fighting the daily grind. Keep fighting the daily just grind. Just like we Here do. We <laughs> <laughs> we'll just escalate, escalate, escalate inconvenience Ugh. send the police to your house to answer the phone <laughs> god it's the best i know <laughs> oh my god anyway i know you had a couple of people write in you wanted to talk about that i did so can i share some of the s- things that people wrote in that they had grabbed for lunch oh sure these made me laugh so hard okay let's play a fun game and as you read it like what should i say if i too have done it what should you say? Yeah. Meep. <laughs> I'm going to give a meep. Please, if I've done it too. Please keep in that long pause where I was like, what should she say? And then you're like, <laughs> I can keep in whatever I want because you know what? It's our show. That's exactly right. Oh my God. That was so funny. Okay. Okay, so this was on Instagram, and by the way, if you don't follow us on Instagram, it's at Nurse Coffee Talk, and get on there, get on there. It's really fun. We post memes and polls and would you rather's and all sorts of stuff. So the question was, and this was based off of um, one of our other discussions on another episode. What's the weirdest thing you've ever grabbed to bring to work for lunch? And the context of this is that Jamie had had a Starbucks drink and an entree ready to go for her shift, (laughs) only to wake up and realize her children had consumed them. And then we were like, (laughs) you know, when you don't have a lunch and whatever, for whatever reason, and you just like look in your cabinet and you're like, what the fuck can I just grab to make a meal (laughs) for when I go to work and the cafeteria is closed and I'm not allowed to leave the hospital to go on break. So like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? now exactly so here are some of the responses and these really had me laughing a whole box of cereal (laughs) (laughs) um an entire cucumber straight from carrots straight from the ground and canned goods (laughs) (laughs) i love that she's like in her car like shit what am i gonna let me go to the vegetable garden real quick pull up some carrots carrots. (laughs) oh man a single meatball. Oh, I definitely have never taken that. <laughs> I, I'm sure they like, have... I want to know, did they just, like, take it? Like, they just 
grab. I don't. You I think they know have how it they like in it. their hand, like with sauce? Yeah, <laughs> like just in a reach bag. In and grab, and then they just shove it in their mouth as they're driving. <laughs> I like to think that it's one of the little ones and not one of those like mass monster ones that you can make. Oh, I'm picturing a monster one. <laughs> oh, I'm picturing one single teeny like Swedish meatball. <laughs> a whole gallon of milk. Oh, that's good. Not really sure what you're gonna do with a whole gallon, just but drink it slowly. This one says can of beans. Uh, meep. I've taken a can of black beans. <laughs> if listen, protein. I know. A box of cheeses. Meep. I've done the equivalent <laughs> of that. Yes, this one I think is my favorite. A bag of pepperoni slices. Meep. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter and a spoon. Nope, not that. A four pack of fruit cups. <laughs> I hate those fruit cups. A sweet potato. Meep. Do you think it was raw or cooked? Probably raw. You just pop it in a microwave. Oh, that's true. A jar of pickles. Meep. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yes. And you've done all these things. The kosher dill, man. <laughs> these are the br- dinners of champions when you don't pack. That's exactly right. Oh, I have another one, too. Meant to grab pretzel thins from the pantry in a scramble, but accidentally grabbed a bag of croutons. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, sucks. not that bad of a swap. Oh, I totally disagree. I hate croutons. Do you? I love croutons. I hate them. Aw. Well, it's the texture. Like, I can't... I don't eat, like, pork rinds or, like, the Taco Bell twisty things oh, or churros. Sure. Like, I... I don't like that texture on my teeth. I don't do croutons at all. Okay, fair. Listen, I'm, a, te- I'm a texture gal. There are a lot of things I don't eat simply because of the texture. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Did I tell you about the time somebody went to the grocery store while we were at work and they were like, hey, do you need something from the grocery store? And I was like, yeah, can you get me like a bag of clementines and a rotisserie chicken? <laughs> And she looked at me like I was joking. And I'm no. and I was looking at her like, I'm not joking. She's like, wait, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm yeah, serious. I'm dead and serious. I need another a girl was chicken. like, another girl was like, actually, that's a great idea. Can you get me a rotisserie chicken <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect lunch. It'd be warm. It'd be cooked fresh and tasty. That sounds delicious. I know. And then the other thing that I will grab from the store if I have to like just run in and grab something real quick is they sell like pre-done hard-boiled eggs in a oh, bag. So like oh. I'll grab those. Sure. And eat them. <laughs> like, just... Well, here's the thing too. She didn't say I'm going to McDonald's. What can I get you? She said I'm going to a grocery store. What am right, I supposed exactly. to say? No yeah, matter what like you a... get, it's going to be a box of something. What's the difference between buying me a box of Cheez-Its versus a rotisserie chicken that's going to come piping hot and smelling delicious? Absolutely. One so, time I got yeah. a rotisserie chicken and I felt something wet, like as I was walking through the store and I was kind of like, what is this? Well, you know, I didn't really investigate it. And then I got to the checkout and I realized that the rotisserie chicken had been upended and was dripping chicken juice. Oh no. Oh my All God. over. It was such a mess. It was oh greasy and I was deeply ashamed. <laughs> I was deeply ashamed. Super embarrassed. I've done a lot of stupid shit in the grocery checkout, but each what did, one is What would you do with it? Um, I asked if they had any paper towels and I just cleaned it up as best I could. There's also, of course, oh. like a huge line of people who are like, get the fuck out of the way. There's also like a huge trail of every aisle you went down. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Okay, they should secure those rotisserie chickens better. They're in that, like, flimsy plastic. Yeah, they are. Not to try and (laughs) victim blame, but... Victim blame. It's not the chicken's fault. (laughs) Everything's the chicken's fault. Everything's the chicken's fault. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, moving along. Next up. um, Okay, this is from E, and this is via Instagram still. She says, not sure if you've spoken on this before, but was wondering what you thought about student nurses getting paid for their practical. I'm not sure how things work in the U.S. compared to Australia, but I'm about to begin a six-week long practical. The roster is full-time shift work, including weekends and night shift. Curious to hear your thoughts. So I asked for a little bit of more information, and I responded that we... Is it practical where you're actively in class or is it something you're doing between semesters? Is it voluntary? You know, we have something called an externship, which students can do outside of school. And I believe you get paid for externships. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. If it's a job through the hospital, like I was a nurse extern and that was an actual position at the hospital. So I was employed by the hospital. Right, right. And she responded... 
Our full-time degree is three years long, and the hours of clinical to, comp to be completed each year increases as you go. Each year, you are allocated a period of time specifically for clinical where no classes or assignments occur. I'm in my final year, so we have a total of 12 weeks in six-week blocks to complete. The facility you are allocated to has the freedom to organize your roster, so when you work can vary depending on where you're going. My previous placement was four weeks long on a full-time roster, also including weekends and night shift. You're given a preceptor, and you both look at the same patients. After one to two weeks, you're expected to start taking on a patient load, as long as you and your preceptor are, are happy to do so. Um, there are obviously things you can't do unsupervised like meds, but you are expected to plan, lead, and initiate care for the shift. And you end up taking on a lot of work. However, if a learning opportunity comes up with other patients, we're also encouraged to leave and take it. We are not paid, which I don't didn't really think about until facilities where I live began rostering us for weekends and night shift. I'm on the fence about it. It's important to say that different universities around the country do things differently, so it's probably not the same for everyone. I think it probably is the same for everyone, if I had to guess. Yeah, it probably is because nursing school is probably set up the same way throughout to the country. To be accredited, yeah. Right. I guess the feedback that I would have on that is that, although it sounds like you're doing full-time work for that period of time, it sounds like that's built into your educational program, and therefore that's part of you getting the credits for school that you need to graduate. So we have something similar here, which is a practicum, and you do X amount of hours, depending on if you're associate degree nurse or a bachelor's prepared nurse, one's a two-year program, one's a four-year program. To become eligible to sit for boards, you have to complete X amount of hours in this practicum. And the practicum is that same thing. You're partnered with a preceptor nurse, and you work with that nurse as a nurse. And there's stuff that you would definitely do unsupervised, but meds and things would still have to be supervised. Procedures would have to be supervised. But you would be able to do all of those things. And that is not paid either. You have to accumulate so many hours of work as part of your educational program. So it sounds pretty similar. To answer your question, should you be paid for that? If it's built into your educational system, no it should not be paid. It's part of your education. I remember in school feeling some sort of way about basically paying to work, right? Like I'm paying to go to school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm coming to work at clinical. Now, when you're doing, I would argue, at least in my program, the first few years of clinical that are highly, highly supervised by your clinical instructor and by your nurse preceptor and like you're you're not working a full shift by any stretch of the imagination and you're getting pulled in a billion different directions so that you can see as much as possible. So like some and some people I'm sure have different experiences where they really were like in it with the patients. Fine. But it's really about getting as many experiences as you possibly can. So, you know, that's a little bit different than the practicum that sounds like this is and that you're, that you're talking about, Jamie, of like, you know, senior year probably. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we worked a nurse's shift, 312s, right. as well as mm -hmm. class, etc. Mm -hmm. And we uh, we did bitch about it at the time. Like, oh, I'm I'm paying to go to school and they're getting free labor out of me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, you know, when I was in school, I definitely felt slighted by that. Like, you know, especially in, you know, nights and weekends. That sucks. Honestly, it's like the last time before you get a nursing job that you cannot do that and then you have to for clinical like that's a bummer I wouldn't like that though I think it's good to see how things work differently mm -hmm. but now that I'm older sorry so sorry e, but I don't I, I agree I think it's part of your nursing experience and if you have the ability to drop what you're doing because your preceptor is actually watching your patients is actually taking care of them so that you can go like see a procedure go to the or you know go around with this other doctor to see something cool whatever mm -hmm. then you're really not working for the hospital right that you would deserve to earn money for that shift because i can't just get pulled off of my shift to go do cool stuff it's not a thing. Right. I mean, the bottom line is you have to do clinical time in order to learn how to operate in the clinical setting. Right. So if the expectation is that you get paid every time you're learning, well, what? You get paid and then people don't finish because they don't really care and then they're never working as a nurse and they just got paid to like 
work in the hospital for no reason? No. Now, again, if you want to go take a job at a hospital and become as an aide or a nurse extern or whatever you're going to call it, you know, so that you can get more experience, then that's different. That's a job for the hospital. But what you're doing, what you're talking about is part of the educational program. And as great as it would be to get paid for that, I think it's part of the educational program. And I, I'm sorry, E. I'm with Sarah on this one. Although I will say back in the day, I don't know that they do these anymore. But like, for example, my father went to CRNA school via a hospital Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were given stipends to do so. Mm. So he got paid basically to go to school. Oh, that's nice. So that he, I assume there was some kind of contract involved that he had to continue to work for them after. I don't really think they do that anymore because who's got the money for it? Oh, sure they do. They give tuition reimbursement all the time. Well, they do tuition reimbursement, but you don't, it's the difference between getting your tuition paid for versus like I'm getting paid like this is a job. Like I'm given a stipend to go to school. Yeah. But that's a different time. That was to try and get people to be committed. Committed to a facility, but they, to your point, they do a version of that, which is we'll pay for your schooling, but you have to like stay here and work once you finished your schooling. Yeah. But then you're guaranteed a job. We like that. Yeah. (laughs) Or you're guaranteed a job. (laughs) Or you're guaranteed you have to keep that stupid job. So all that to say, E, I hear you. I hear where you're coming from, especially working off shifts. Yeah. And I can see why that would feel like you're kind of just being used, but like ultimately, so say you are, say you are being used. Make the experience what you need it to be then. It's your experience. It's your schooling. They can try and shape it, but you get to decide really how it goes. So take every opportunity to learn and to take advantage of the fact that you don't have to stay there and miss out on things just because you're the bedside nurse. Because you're not. You have time. Right. And the good news is you're almost done. So who yeah, cares? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're in your final stretch. Good yeah. luck to you and welcome to nursing. Yay. All right. Moving on. Okay, this is from F. F? F. As in Farrah? F is in Farrah Fawcett. Hi, F. Hi, F. She says... So she wrote in specifically to talk about our episode about withholding medical information. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which Would you like to hear what she said? I kind of, I liked what she had to sure. say. So she said, I see this all the time in peds oncology. Mm. It's a constant argument between nursing and some of her doctors. As a parent, if someone told me there was even a 0.1% chance that a bone marrow transplant could save my child's life, I would do it. However, what the docs sometimes don't emphasize is that while there is a 0.1 chance they will survive, the BMT will nearly kill them with horrendous side effects before they will get better. The chemo is horrible. They get so sick. Uh, I think sometimes when they tell parents that there's even a tiny chance of survival, they stop listening to anything else. Mm-hmm. As a parent, I so get this. However, however, from the nursing point of view, I don't know how a parent can do this to their child knowing how sick they will get. A death can be so dignified when it's planned. They can take their child home. They can have a beautiful time together before it's done instead of be- death that is traumatic for everyone, um, which I completely agree with. And she said, this is a great topic. I could talk about it for hours. Same. We literally had to stop ourselves because there was so much more to say. Mm-hmm. Side note, can you do an episode on great management stories? I have an amazing manager who is leaving us to move back home, and I'm just so thankful for her. Hmm. And I asked her to share some some stories, which she did, which are wonderful. But it it got me thinking, like, we do talk about the absence of of great leadership and all the things that we want our nurse managers to be. And I know that Mm -hmm. there obviously are good ones out there. I currently have a pretty good manager, but I'm not on the floor, so it's a little bit different. I, and that, that's not nice. I like my manager a lot. I think that she gets a lot of pressure from the politics of our organization that mm-hmm. she's powerless in. And so it's hard to really navigate some of those things. But mm-hmm. I would like to put a call to action so that we can talk about this more. I want to hear people's stories about their great managers. Yeah, that's a really great idea because we do talk about the absence of, of good leadership quite a lot. So If you or someone you know has a great manager or a manager who's a great leader, write us in and we'll do a whole topic about that so that we can, you know, bring to light some of the wonderful, wonderful things that great leaders and great managers do for us as nurses and how they make our units better places to be. And then as we progress, if you want to grow up to be a nurse manager, here are some examples of how you should be. Absolutely. We all we all know what not to be, but then how do we 
flip it because you think you think you know how to not be that thing and then you get to the job and you're like oh i see why they were all these things yeah because it's hard sure okay so write us in you can write us on our instagram at nurse coffee talk or you can always send us an email nurse coffee talk at gmail.com all right getting into today's topic today's topic is professional appearance in the workplace yes so we've talked quite a bit you and i about professional conduct in the workplace but we haven't so much talked about professional appearance and this can get a little dicey Mm-hmm. I know we talked the one time I had a sitter who would always come in in like a hoodie. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you yep. can't wear a hoodie to the workplace. Like, just stop. Stop. And then I had another sitter come in one time. Their scrub color that they have to wear is one color. And this person came in in like a totally different color and just thought that they were just going to be like, yeah, I'm here in whatever scrubs I want to wear. <sighs> And I sent him home. Yes, good. I was like, dude, you got to go change. You got to go change. That's not your uniform. Or like people, this isn't, this is has to do with acting professional too, but wearing headphones. Oh, at work. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't do that. That's insane. I get if you're like in a stock room because you like every night for an hour, you organize the stock and oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's totally different. If I'm walking to go get my lunch and it's like I'm walking to the cafeteria or like going out people going outside to smoke or whatever they're gonna do like if you're off the unit fine who cares mm-hmm. but i've seen like techs taking vitals with headphones in and then the, <gasps> no the patients are trying to like talk to them and they don't hear them oh my gosh are you kidding me no can you believe that oh my god that's that's not cool that's not cool at all i know we're, we, we're not trying not to talk about conduct acting professionally versus dressing professionally but that's crazy don't do that who does that stop putting things in your ears <laughs> Sweeping declaration. (laughs) Just stop it. I had to tell my four-year-old the same thing. Exactly. Get those rocks out of your ears. (laughs) All right. So I think this was inspired by somebody, right? Or we got, this is another, this is an Instagram heavy episode. I love it, guys. Share more every day. We love it so much. We do. This is from A. Hi, A. Hi, A. They say that, this really made me laugh, Jamie. Whenever I see joggers, I think about you guys. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, Sarah thinks joggers are cute. Jamie thinks Jamie they're stupid. Jamie does not. She does stupid. not think they're cute. I don't want to see your ankles <laughs> at work. Um, but A goes on to say, honestly, scrubs are pretty unprofessional looking in general. What do you think about nursing uniforms and how we look at work? And this got me thinking about sort of a broader topic because I have heard the debate before that some people don't like that basically it looks like nurses and doctors are wearing pajamas. Obviously, we know that it's about, first of all, a uniform is important because you need to be able to look like a unified team. You also need something that we can like get disgusting in and bend and bend and snap and uh, (laughs) and snap (laughs) and be at times crawling around on your hands and knees and like, you know, really be able to and then have them get filthy and then be able to throw it into the wash and like not have it be stained and disgusting, like be able to get it clean. So that's crucial. Again, watching ER, the EMTs, and this is true in like real life too, they wear like, they have to wear like dress pants tucked in with a belt within like a polo. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. not comfortable. They're like out in the field bending and snapping yeah, all no over kidding. the town. Like, I know. That's, that to me would be very cumbersome and hard to move in. But I do agree that, and this is not me saying that I don't support it. I'm just saying crazy, crazy oversized scrubs can look really like sloppy sweatpants. Well, that's just like crazy, crazy oversized anything. Yes. I mean, you look, at the people who, look at the people who walk around with their pants sagging around their... <laughs> knees okay, right grandma. like it's yes. just I, somebody was just somebody was just tell did you say okay grandma i sure did <laughs> oh my god stop seriously somebody was just telling me the other night he coaches basketball for a ymca with like younger kids and he said this guy showed up 
And he goes, I think he was probably a size 24 waist and his pants were, he goes, I looked at the tag. They were a size 42. Oh my God. Okay. He goes, every time he jumped up, his pants fell down to his ankles. He's like, I don't want to see your underwear. (laughs) I don't want to see your underwear. I'm not interested. So anything oversized like that is going to not come across as appealing. But I want to roll back for a second on scrubs because I don't know this for sure. So I could be completely off the mark, and maybe you know. Is the reason that we wear scrubs in our profession, did that start as, like, the hospital provided them so that they could launder them, so that you weren't taking germs, like, in and out of the hospital? I don't know, because nursing uniforms for a long time were the nursing whites of the skirt and the tights and the shoes and the hat the whole thing which i assume from my family's anecdotal experience was your own you owned them it was your own thing okay so i don't know i'd have to dig into the history of scrubs scrub usage in general i want to look at let's dig into it first yeah second. dig into it for a second and i again i love wearing scrubs i i think that when they and i'm not saying they have to be tight i'm not saying that i don't wear tight things Because I don't like how it makes me feel and look. I don't want it to be skin tight, but it can be fitted appropriately. And when you do the bare minimum of personal hygiene, you can look plenty professional. And so I want to be clear. I'm not saying that nurses need to have their hair and makeup dolled up. That's crazy. That's unrealistic. If you want to do that, that's swell. Congratulations. I'm sure you look beautiful. (laughs) I don't know who you're trying to impress exactly. That's fine. Maybe they're just trying to be, to, that's a, their version of looking professional. I wear makeup to work, so I'm not saying that that's not okay. And I, But if you don't, and the, this is a beauty standard for women, which, you know, this is a predominantly female field, mm-hmm. that you only look professional if you have makeup on, I don't think that's true. I think you can look very no, clean I don't think and that's professional, true at all. have your hair brushed or the curly hair equivalent yeah and you can look very like professional and put together without like it's just about i just think that at times you can look like a total slob and like yes night shift is exhausting day shift is exhausting any shift is exhausting you know i've i've certainly rolled into night shift not looking or feeling my best but the patients in their very vulnerable state deserve to have a professional looking person take care of them. But I guess the question is, though, is like, what makes it professional? And I know you just went through a bunch of stuff, but like... I just think being clean. Okay. (sighs) Being clean. That's so like... I know. Is that too low bar or is that too... too Yeah, I think that's too low bar. Okay, literally, there's nothing in this whole article about when nurses started wearing scrubs. Uh, well, nurses weren't, or women in general were not allowed to, and then ultimately not recommended to wear anything but skirts in any professional workplace until very recently. So it's got to be a recent development within the past like 30 years, I would say. Well, I'm sure it is. And like I said, my guess is that it has something to do with the hospital issuing things that could be laundered in-house. And then as hospitals got cheaper and cheaper and didn't want to pay for all the laundering because the nursing staff is like a majority of the hospital staff, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that bill skyrocketed. And then they started saying, okay, buy your own scrubs. Mm -hmm. And I will say, okay, I know you think joggers look cute. Okay, I get that. And, like, this is not a personal attack on joggers, per se. I'm just using them as an example. Uh But, like, I don't think joggers look professional. Okay, I hear you. I think they look like leisure wear. Yeah, I think they look like athleisure. That's fair. That's a fair point. I know, like, this, yes, I don't want to look at your ankles. But literally, in the hospital setting, I don't want to look at your ankles. Well, fair enough. I personally feel that joggers aren't professional. Now, I will tell you... They're growing on me a little bit as far as, like, looking cute on some people. I still don't like them on dudes. Okay, that's fine. I still don't like them on dudes. You can feel how you feel. There are some girls that they look cute on. However, I would not classify them as a professional scrub choice. So what do you think makes you look professional? If you think just being clean is, like, too low bar, like, what do you think... Um, Should the requirements be? (laughs) Well, you know where I'm going to start, right? I think so. Nails. Yes, for sure. Nails. Nails. Which that's written into the dress code for the record. Yeah, but nobody enforces it. Nobody enforces it. Yeah. 
It's disgusting. So nails, and I'm not just talking about fake nails. I'm talking about real nails. Like, and honestly, like I bite my nails, which is even worse because of all the crap that you carry underneath your nails. So my nails are in general short, but even when they're uneven, I don't think they look professional. But I I think nails need to be taken care of. Well, that's my criteria for whether or not I want to date somebody. If I look at their fingers and they're disgusting, I'm like, no, thank you. No. That's yeah. a pretty good barometer for where you're at with your hygiene and I'm not interested. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that would be that would be the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever scrub outfit you're choosing to wear, when it becomes torn, super faded where the colors aren't matching anymore, stained, things mm-hmm. like I think you gotta get rid Threadbare, of it. Threadbare, real thin and Yeah, I think you got to get rid of it in that case. You know, if you are wearing scrubs, like a lot of girls wear shirts under their scrubs. Oh my God, here's one that I can't stand, ladies. Ladies, I'm really sorry. The hospital is not a place to flaunt your breasts. Can you flaunt your breasts in scrubs? Yes, you can. And I've because they have the V-neck scrubs, oh, and then what true. happens is people put their name tag like right in the center, yeah, so it, it like it yanks down. it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I've I've seen that. And they don't wear an undershirt under it, and yeah. so your boobs are just out there. And it's like, come on, man, like just uh, come on. So my mom is in HR. Uh-huh. Or she was. She's retired now. Congratulations, mother. But she was in HR for a long time, and. Her conversation with people, she regularly had to have awkward conversations with people about how they dressed. Okay. And so she, she she told me she would call people into her office and be like, here's the thing. I don't want to talk to you about your boobs. <laughs> I'm not interested in talking about your boobs. Just like I'm not interested in seeing them. So let's not talk <laughs> about it and let's not see them. Fair? <laughs> I so want to meet your mom. <laughs> when can I hang out with your mom? You're closer to her than I am. Drive right up and go. Oh my god! Hey, visit. I know. I just show up on her doorstep. Like, I'm like, yes. I know you've been isolating for a year and a half, but I'm here. But I'm here now. You don't know me. Let's have coffee. I kind of liked that approach of like, listen, you know what I'm talking about, and. You can't look in the mirror and think I look like a professional person right now. That's what I don't understand. One of my coworkers wears the most inappropriate, provocative outfits. And we wear business casual. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Skin sure. tight mini skirts, stiletto oh. heels. <gasps> to the hospital? Deep V-necks. Oh. Her tits are hanging out. Her ass is hanging out. She clearly doesn't listen to our podcast. Clearly doesn't listen to our podcast. I'm like, girl. No, I just meant because you're talking about her. <laughs> oh, no, we're not friends. Not because okay. of that, but because of other reasons. And I guess maybe I should not care what other people wear because it doesn't impact me. So what do you care? But like, I just can't, I can't stand it. It bothers me. It's so mm-hmm. inappropriate and so unprofessional. She literally looks like she's going to a nightclub. Uh, well, Again, where's Wear a cardigan. stepping in? I mean, for goodness sake. Maybe try scoop neck. There's got to be a, <laughs> an even middle ground between a mini skirt and a cardigan, but... Get her, like, some dickies for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree. Like, it's... There's, there's a way to look and feel cute and put together without being yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, for sure. And we had talked about this before too. You know, it used to be that the standard was any visible tattoos were unprofessional and inappropriate. And mm-hmm. I would say like the cultural zeitgeist has changed where yeah, so sure. many people have tattoos that like that's really not if they're assuming they're not, you know, vulgar or something. Right. Um, sure. It's really in general it's tolerated a lot more if not, you know, mm-hmm. not bothered by anything i think the culture around not just tattoos but hair color yeah. and piercings has changed quite a bit which as is well. awesome yeah and it used to yeah. be that like yeah any dyed hair was unprofessional tattoos were unprofessional piercings anything that wasn't like buttoned up j crew was considered unprofessional right. um and th- i'm glad that that's changed and maybe maybe mm-hmm. in 10 years i'll listen back to this and be like yikes we were so silly like so many things have changed and that's okay but as of now <laughs> I stand by what I'm what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm I'm okay with uh, non vulgar tattoos. I'm okay with piercings. Although I don't know, does having like a nose or lip piercing does that make you more susceptible to any sort of infection risk? If I don't know. Not, I think if it's healed, I don't really probably care. not. 
then I don't, you know, I don't really care. That doesn't bother me. The same way that like having pierced ears, say you were exposed to something in your ear, like something splashed onto your ear or something. I don't know that having a pierced ear would leave you more susceptible. Yeah. Though cartilage is different than like a mucous membrane, I suppose. That's true. I, but, I, well, I whatever. I, I don't really care. Like, I don't, I'm not phased one way or another about that. Yeah. But there is a line though. Like if you have a big like bar through your nose versus like a little piercing in the crease of your nose. I don't know. The a little do you know that you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know what you're talking about, yeah. I think too, and this is maybe not the right way to have to think about things, but in general, the patient population tends to be older people, right? Yeah, well, of course, yeah. And ultimately, they have a different standard for what's appropriate and professional than probably we do. Yeah, for sure. For example, my parents can't stand tattoos. Oh, really? Even though... Do you have have any? Not yet. I have an appointment coming up, though. (gasps) No, you don't. I do. Really? Mm -hmm. What are you getting? I'll tell you offline. Okay. But... It has occurred to me to be like, do I need to make sure this is somewhere that I can like cover it up all the time or something that I can choose to cover up should I need to? Like, I'm not, I haven't decided quite yet what I want to do with that. Gotcha. But, you know, my parents would find blue hair, face piercings and tattoos abhorrent to see. But they're also reasonable people that when that person comes in and is kind and professional and good at their job, they won't care as much. They'll still tell me about it though. And like, I still hear comments about it. I'm like, all right, get over it. Clearly it doesn't impact who they are as a person at all. It's not reflective of who they are as a person at all. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the normalizing of it is like, it's not just a certain demographic of people who, and not to say that those people were unprofessional or unkind or anything like that at all anyway. It was just a stereotype. Sure. So, you know, part of this is also changing stereotypes, which is hard. Yeah. Even getting away from that into just like working, circle back to working at the hospital. Mm -hmm. I think it does matter that your patients are comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Which is why we have dress codes. Okay. Well, can we talk about that for a second? Because perfume. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's such a good example. Yes. Oh, that has got to stop. First of all, a couple things to say in this. First of all, I personally, I get almost instantaneous headaches when Mm -hmm. I smell flowery perfume. Sure. And that's no fault of anybody else's. I mean, they could have a little bit of it on, but as soon as I, as soon as it hits me, I get a headache. Um, I mean, literally almost immediately. It's awful. Yeah. But I have one of my sitters wears so much perfume that when she comes in our office to get their, um, like they have little machines that they record um, their 15 minute checks on and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when they go get those, like she will leave my office and my office will reek for like an hour afterwards. Ew. It's awful. I can't eat. Like I had to write a note to my manager the other day. I was like, can you please address this with her? Because I can't literally have her in my office. But can you imagine being sick? in the hospital and having to smell somebody's perfume that's caring for you. No, I think that's really gross. And then on top of that, like a different issue is smoking. Cigarettes, yeah. Yes. So first of all, I'm a former smoker. Like I understand. I get it. I have quit. I haven't smoked in a long time and I'm very happy that I haven't smoked anymore. But nonetheless, that reeks. And so what people do is they spray all this crap over themselves to try and cover up the smoke smell. And it makes it, it just, it doesn't cover up the smoke smell. It just smells like cherry flavored smoke. Yeah. Well, if I can smell you once you've left the elevator, you've done something wrong. As much as I want people to be able to like have the freedom to do what they want on their breaks, like I don't think you should be smoking at work. No, I don't think you should either. Because once you smoke, you smell like that the whole day and your patients well, have to smell Well, if you smoke at that. home, you smell like that anyway. Your yeah, clothes smell like that. That's Your car true. smells like that. Every and and yeah, a, an important part of this is that they become nose blind to it. Yeah, and I think we live in a heavily perfumed world. Like every product has scent. So I get a lot of comments. I have very curly hair and I use a lot of curly hair products to make them not look crazy. Sure. And everything has a scent. I can't find unscented stuff that actually works for my hair. Mm. I don't mind the scent. I'm sure there are people that hate it. So if I come Mm -hmm. in and my hair is down 
especially if it's like freshly washed or something. The, mostly the comments I've heard, I was like, oh, your hair smells nice. But I also don't, I don't want to have a scent like that at all because then I'm leaning over a patient who feels nauseous and then they're going to smell my hair products and they're going to feel sick. Like that's not yeah, what I want. Right. But it's also, so some things are hard to control in that way. One thing we can control is not tr- intentionally adding perfume and cologne yeah. on top of that. And smoke. I've had to, in smoke, I've had to deal with that where I had, she was, um, she was a tech and she was a phenomenal tech, but mm. we kept having patients tell their nurses, Complain. like, I don't want her in here anymore. And for some reason, no one was being like honest about it. I'm like, what is the problem? What is she doing behind closed doors that we're not seeing? Cause she's phenomenal. So like, what's the issue? It mm. was her perfume mm. and it was making patients feel sick. Yeah. But then people are, and then we had to talk to her about it and she was defensive, understandably, but I'm sorry, you can't, you can't wear that here. It's also in the but dress code. But the thing code. of it is, that's the thing is it's in the dress code. It's in there for no a reason. No perfumes, no fragrances. That's right. It's there for a reason. So why do we, why do we sweep it under the rug? Right. Like, why can we not enforce we'll it? And be like, look. Exactly. Just the nails are vectors for germs. Come right. on. My allergy doc that I go and get my allergy shots, it's also an asthma center. And they okay. have signs everywhere down the hallway leading into the office, on the door of the office, and inside the office. Mm-hmm. Do not wear heavily scented products in this office. Our patients are compromised and asthma attacks can be triggered by this. You will be asked yeah. to leave if we can smell you, basically. Yeah. And I kind of love that because, like, even, like, a mother bringing in her child or whatever, you know, she's probably, she went to work, she's wearing perfume, whatever. Sorry, you can't, you're going to come in and cause an asthma attack? No. I'm sorry, you can't. Yeah. I want to get back a little bit to the scrub thing. Okay. But yes, I the asthma thing. I have a couple of coworkers actually. One has asthma really bad and she's also like super she's just her whole body is like it's almost like autoimmune all the time. If there's a certain fragrance, she starts breaking out in hives just from a fragrance. Wow. Like it doesn't have crazy. to touch her. How inconvenient yeah. for her. It's super inconvenient because it's almost always like they have signs posted on their unit that like, n- you know, no fragrances because like if you wear a fragrance around her, she, literally she just breaks out in a rash. It's Jeez. and then I have another uh, an actual like a coworker that works in my office that if there is any sort of like grapefruit scent or like really citrus scent, her tongue starts swelling. You know, there is a sign outside of an office by the elevator that I wait for. And of course, mm-hmm. as I'm waiting for the elevator, I am nosy and I'm reading all the signs. Sure. And it is, I don't know what department it's in, but it's like orange allergy. Do not bring any oranges, orange juice or orange scented items into this office. Mm-hmm. Similar kind of thing it must be. Yeah. I've never really heard of that. That's crazy. That would be very hard to navigate the world when you can't control something like that. Because it's not even about eating it. It's about smelling it and tasting it. Yeah. There's a certain hand sanitizer in our office and it's very citrusy and it has some grapefruit in it. And if I use it on my side of the office, she's okay. But if I like happen to put it on right by her, mm-hmm. she'll start like gagging. Like she could start feeling it like the scratchy Jeez. throat and all that. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like a piece of crap and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know, that sucks. She's like, it's fine. Just go to the other side. Again, just get away from me. <laughs> Maybe go wash your hands. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I forget, you know? Of course. Obviously, I, I don't want to kill my coworker. No, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> That's not very professional. No, it's not professional <laughs> conduct to kill your coworkers. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, getting back. So getting back to the scrub issue. I know we had talked about like having like frumpy scrubs. What about the other side of it where it's the people that like, okay, and this is a sensitive topic, like weight fluctuation, right? We, a lot of us have to deal with it, especially women Mm -hmm. tend to deal with fluctuating weight, but I'm sorry. There is a certain point where I don't care if you don't want to admit you've gotten bigger, you have to go buy new scrubs because your current scrubs don't fit you. Uh, Yeah, I've had to do that. I have seen people whose scrub bottoms are so tight that like their top rolls are coming out over and like their shirt's too tight so it's riding up on the top and their midsection is literally sticking out of their scrubs. Oh jeez. And it's like just go buy some new scrubs. Yeah. Sorry. You gotta bite the bullet though. That that's the other side of that is that is not professional dress. 
No, I agree. You need scrubs that fit you. Like, not too big, not too small, just scrubs that fit. How do you feel about scrub jackets? I think scrub jackets are fine. I'm thinking back on things that I've worn to work, Mm -hmm. and I preferred looser scrubs so that I could bend and move, bend and snap how I pleased. Right. But not falling down, not crazy. But I think looser, my looser fit scrubs with my scrub jackets, which are, tend to be a looser kind of fit, because right. I wanted all the pockets and stuff. Yeah. You know, especially when I was like wearing like a monochromatic outfit, it probably mm-hmm. looked pretty loose and jammy like. Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but like, at least you're like, it is professional attire. Yeah, I'm not wearing a hoodie. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel that way about nurses that wear zip-up hoodies and stuff on the unit. I get it. I do, too. But I think it looks... Unprofessional. I think it looks unprofessional. I just... And it looks sloppy. Like, I was just going to say that. So, I have a lot of nurses in my hospital that wear, like, college football sweatshirts. Sure. With their scrubs. Sure. Especially, they'll wear them in the same color as the scrubs. But it's like... We're not here for college football. Like, no, it's... This is not a tailgate. Like, to me, that's super unprofessional. I also have a lot of ERs where, like... So, nurses on units aren't allowed to wear t-shirts, but the ER nurses are allowed to wear t-shirts. And yeah. I never quite figured that out. Now, they have to wear, like, certain ER t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, if it's a uniform thing where everybody in the hospital can wear it and the hospital decides that it's okay. I mean, I definitely do think it dresses down the scrub. It does, But if the hospital's going to say everybody can do it, then okay. For me, though, like, I like my pockets. So I don't like wearing a t-shirt because then I don't have pockets. My old hospital was associated with the university, and uh-huh. you could wear t-shirts, like short sleeve, long sleeve t-shirts. I don't know. I don't think sweatshirts. I think just shirts that had the school's logo on it if you wanted to gotcha but again i agree with you i think and this was just the bedside but i think it did dress down the scrubs it certainly looked like Mm -hmm. you were just out for a little out for a walk you know yeah Um, and that's when i would wear my scrub jackets because i needed to get the pockets back Mm -hmm. yeah i'm with you um the other thing that i will say now i don't do this so I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I just want to point out, I do think it looks nicer when the scrub tops are tucked into the scrub pants. I totally agree. And my body shape looks, I look like a Teletubby when I do that. Yep. I know. I'm with you. Just like with the um, rompers. <laughs> yeah. I'm way more But I love, aesthetically, I think the look's real cute, but I can't do it for myself. But I do agree with you. I think it looks cleaner. It does look cleaner. Okay. Um, and then anything about like hair, makeup? Well, I mean, I think I think part of so say you want to do hair and makeup. And jewelry too. What how do you oh I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. How do you feel about nurses wearing long hair down? So I think it's fine. I think if you if it's not in your way to do your tasks, what does it matter? I think hair should be pulled back. Well, I have very curly hair, right? We just talked about. I yeah. can't do, I can't put my hair in a ponytail. It's not a thing. So my choices well, it, are. So your hair is shorter though. No, my hair is long now. I mean, even long. I had it very long when I was on the floor. To pull it back. I mean, I can, I, that's not to say I can't. To pull it back into a ponytail looked very silly. So I chose to either have it down or to do a top bun. And this is so stupid, but like the top bun, it, it pulls out the curls and it ruins them. And then you oh, can't wear okay. it down the next day after you do that. So then it's like you have to uh-huh. redo your hair every time. So I used to, I used to like, I would do like half back, maybe like with a clip or whatever. But I mean, it was, I never ha- had any issues with that. Why do you, you just think it looks unprofessional to have it down? Uh, No, it's not a look thing. I think it's a like. When you're bending over doing patient care and your hair is falling in the patient's face, like, have you been well, a patient? Because when you're in that bed and that nurse is leaning over to do anything and her hair falls down on you, that's disgusting. Well, that is disgusting. No, I totally agree with that. And, like, if I was going to do patient care, I would pin it back. But aren't you doing patient care the whole day at work? I mean, not yeah, you but I'm now, not but, like... leaning over but, the patient, but I, I can pass meds without having to tie my hair back. 
But if I'm going to, like, dump a Foley, I'm going to tie it back for sure. I don't know. I just feel like it should be... I feel like in the I would never. Setting, exp- I would never make a patient ha- take a mouthful of my hair. I think that's so gross. <laughs> it is so gross. If nothing else, anyway. I don't want their skin anywhere near my hair. Neither of us need to be touching. That's not necessary. <laughs> right. There needs to be an air barrier. There needs to be a barrier. <laughs> anyway, listen, we are out of time today. I don't know if we fully captured professionalism looking. No, I think the general... I mean, clearly, here's here's what this really brought to light. When, when something like professionalism is clearly in the eye of the beholder, it's a hard thing to navigate. Some people yeah, sure. have different levels of what they think. Yeah. And again, I don't think... And this is a, a big point of contention, particularly with, with women, because women are pressured to wear makeup. I don't think you have to wear makeup to look professional. That's not the expectation. But you can look clean and put together and like you're ready to come and do a job and I'm, and I can take you seriously without having to like be all dolled up. But there's a there's got to be a blend between looking like a slob and looking like a model. For sure. Well, I can tell you I haven't worn a lick of makeup since COVID started. Good for not you. a single drop. And I think people's argument is, well, I need to be comfortable to, to do my job. And I agree with you. That's fine. But here's the thing. And I know, and we're not, we were not trying not to talk about acting professional because that's not what this episode was about. And we've already talked about it. But these things go hand in hand, regardless of the fact that you're an angel without wings and you need to be comfortable to do your job. You are a professional person showing up to take care of another human being. And that requires you to adhere to a certain standard. Yeah, for sure. The same way that your nursing practice adheres to a certain standard. Sure. That makes sense. And this, this is the same thing. You're so smart, Sarah. Oh, thanks. Somebody should put you on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if anyone's got a podcast out there, let me know. (laughs) Hey, all right. So uh, if anybody has any feedback on this topic, please, as always, feel free to let us know on Instagram at Nurse Coffee Talk, Gmail, NurseCoffeeTalk at gmail.com. The other things we're looking for are... We are looking for stories of great nursing managers, great nursing leadership. Mm -hmm. If you can send us some stories on that so we can do an episode on that, we would love to hear about it. Uh, Oh, the other call to action is make sure we're asking everybody, every one of you, reach out, tell one of your friends about our podcast, have them listen to your favorite episode, and get them hooked on Nurse Coffee Talk. Yeah. Uh, What's the other, any other calls to action? I think that's it for now. No, I think that's it for now. But we always welcome your feedback and your stories. We love hearing from you guys. You guys drive this podcast to be better. Thank you for everything that you guys do. We appreciate you. We love you. You guys have a beautiful week. Bye.